You're listening to the latest edition of ATR Radio. It's January 15th, 2016. I'm Nicole Bennett. Today's episode, an expert with a background in anti-doping research tells Around the Rings the IAAF gave the All-Russia Athletics Federation too much responsibility. Leah Claré, head of research policy and education at the International Center for Sports Security, says it's, quote, like giving keys to the inmates. Claré spoke with me on Friday to discuss a new report from an independent commission of the World Anti-Doping Agency, released Thursday in Munich by Chairman Richard Pound. The 95-page report details the shakedown that took place between the son of former World Athletics President Lamine Diak and associates that elicited nearly $1 million in bribes from athletes in Russia and Turkey to hide positive drug tests. Prior to joining the ICSS in February 2015, Claré worked with WADA for over a decade. During her time with the agency, she managed a research grant program aimed at understanding the behaviors of athletes who were accused of doping. Researchers would then use that info to develop effective prevention programs. Here's more from my interview with Leah Claré. Obviously, having been with WADA for a decade, what are the implications, do you think, of WADA's second report and, and even the first report that came out earlier um, last year? Well, what's really interesting, actually, is that this report is not so much on doping than it is on corruption, because what this report tells us is really how a few individuals within the IAAF were able to set up a, a, a complete corruption ring, and doping was more or less... Uh, the crime of opportunity, if you like, because they managed to extort funds from athletes who had cheated in the first place. But it's not really about uh, the doping itself that's interesting. And of course, there's all the Russian side of the story where there, there's effectively a sort of almost state-supported uh, uh, doping problem. But what it shows from the IAAF perspective is that just a few people were able to completely undermine the hard work of the staff of the anti-doping department at the IAAF. And for me, that's really interesting from a governance perspective. And that's where my position today is really interesting, because by joining the ICSS, I really got a crash course in all the governance issues. So looking at anti-doping from a governance perspective is definitely very interesting um, at the moment. So I know you said this. This was state-sponsored if we're focusing on the accusations made against Russian athletics. How do you combat something that's run by the state, in this case the Russian government? Yeah, this is going to be a really, really interesting question for the anti-doping community. And it's really a question that goes deep into the philosophy of anti-doping, if you like, because right now anti-doping is built on responsibility of organizations to take care of their own populations based on the premise that these organizations or countries actually want to curb doping. So it's really giving keys to the inmates, you know, it's we're going to charge one particular country to run their own anti-doping programs. But what we don't seem to take into consideration is the fact that even though everybody agrees that doping is a bad thing, nobody really wants to go through the pain barrier of sorting out the problem. And that's something that happened with the IAAF, is that the IWF knew it had a doping problem, and it's known for a long time, 
And instead of confronting the problem heads-on, it sort of tried to keep it under wraps for a long time. Now, with Russia, whether they didn't want to go through the pain barrier or they were supporting doping and even organizing the doping, that's a question that investigators would have to look at. So kind of a broad question, I guess, but what does this mean for the integrity and security of sport, not just world athletics, but but all sport overall? Times are very, very complicated for sport now because, as Dick Pam said when he released the first report, he said this thing during the press conference, which I thought was very, very powerful. He said, we have no reason to believe it is limited to Russia and it is limited to athletics. And he's right. There's no reason for us to think that it would just be one isolated problem for one sport in one country. And effectively, the second report showed now it's going, there was a, an issue in Turkey. And, you know, more stories are probably going to come out at, you know, in the near future. The concept that's interesting from a prevention point of view is the concept of legitimacy. So when you organize a prevention program for, let's say, anti-doping, your aim is for doping not to happen. And in order for you to do that, you have to go and have an impact on lots of different factors. It isn't just going out and telling the athletes, you know, here's the list of prohibited substances, don't take them. That's going to have a very, very small impact on a very, very small part of the population. When you create a prevention program, you need to go and hit on a lot of different variables. You know, so it's availability of the substances, it's the values of the individual, the values of the people around the individual, it's the risk-benefit appraisal. And one of the, the variables is the legitimacy concept where for a rule to be followed, it has to be enforced by an organization that's respected and the rule has to appear as fair. So right now what's happened with both Russia and the IWF is that the trust has completely been broken with the athletes, with athletes no longer trusting the IWF to manage properly anti-doping, whether it's the IWF or another big um, sport organization uh, who has just been involved in a big corruption problem. I think people have definitely lost trust and gaining that trust and rebuilding the legitimacy of the organizations is going to be the first step in anything. If we want to do anything effective in anti-doping, the first step is going to be to work on the perception of these organizations. And that being said, we have Rio 2016 coming up. Do you think, what about the Russian athletes who, who didn't cheat? I know this might not be your area of expertise per se, but just your opinion. I mean, if, if Russia, if Russian athletes are disqualified from track and field events at Rio 2016, who are the victims? Are there victims in this scenario, do you think? Absolutely. But in this case, it's really like, you know, when you're in a classroom and one kid does a bad thing and you don't know which one it is and you just end up punishing everybody. Right. <laughs> this is exactly the same case. But the, the, the problem is, is that if there aren't strong sanctions given out, strong sanctions that have been approved 
by the country itself. You know, Russia approved the fact that if an organization was deemed non-compliant, it would not participate in the Olympic Games. And the thing is that if you have a rule and you don't apply the sanction when the rule is broken, then you're more or less saying that the rule has no value. And if uh, the athletes do take part in uh, the Rio Games, uh, that would send a very, very disheartening message to the athletes. So, of course, it would be very, very sad for Russian athletes who haven't been doping not to take part in probably the event of their life or their sports career. That was Leah Claré, head of research policy and education at the International Center for Sports Security, with her take on the road ahead for world athletics. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.